behind us, right on the side of us. You can, you can kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing. Is all I Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, 10-10-21. Yes, it's Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, and here we are. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with, well, the man downstairs, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hi, folks. I'm just sitting here listening to my uh, new, new music. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Yeah, Chris has got his own theme song. <laughs> it's good to see everybody in chat. Hi, guys. And, of course, our guest is with us tonight, Mr. Craig oh. Wilheater. Hello, Craig. Mr. Hello. I was going to say, you guys were reminding me of those dancing crabs on that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, the older I get, the crabbier I get. <laughs> you got that right, Steve. <laughs> ah, so let's do our roll call in the chat because we're filling up quick. I know Uncle Artie was in earlier who uh, made the comment that... Artie. Craig is in my town. Woohoo. Not to mention the Bigfoot conference in Jefferson, Texas next weekend. All right. So we will be up to date. Yeah. 
Of course, first in first in the door, I think today was Low Rider. Hello, Low Low Rider. Laughing Picker, good to see you. Jay Laughing Fritz, Picker. welcome, welcome. Lester Jay? Taylor, hello, hello. Lester Brian Taylor. and Chewy go hiking. Our good hey, friends over there. Good friends there. And Aaron and family. Aaron Mollenkamp hey, family are in. John Swan. Hey, it's Big Suzanne Ferencheck as well as Bigfoot Society. That's our Suzanne. Yep. And Blue Dasky is Bigfoot in the house. Society? So we got. This is, and of course, it's Blue, early yet. Yep. So, and uh, where in the world is B? Oh, yeah. <laughs> B's uh, usually be, the first one in. Yeah, she's probably, you know, people got stuff to do sometimes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a game is in overtime. I, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. Um, you know, between well, see, the, that's the nice thing about it, though, if you miss the show, you can pick it up on the podcast. That's no right. problem. And again, hello to our friends over there at Anchor FM, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Audible, yep. and of course, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and uh, what did I miss? Oh, uh, Amazon Music. Yeah. So, oh, look, see, there she is. There's oh. me. Hi, and me. of course, Christy's in the house, or it could be Mike. <laughs> Where's my <laughs> So good to see y'all. Usually that's Christy when, when you see mm. that. So, uh, but it could be Mike. I know Mike was said he was going to be here tonight, but hi, Christy. Um, and I think next week's show. And and the nice thing is, I get in early enough uh, next week. We will have a show. Of course, uh, as Craig knows, I, I'm I'm out of here on Thursday, headed to the great state of Texas, and that's what tonight's episode is about: is Texas Bigfoot. And um, you know, Craig, Craig is the authority uh, on it. I feel um, been around long enough to know uh <laughs> been around long enough to know the ins and outs um so anyway ot is in the house also so craig how the heck are you man it's been a long time i'm i'm all right but first before we get started i wanted to say how about them giants oh i, I wasn't watching football today i was napping <laughs> well i'll give you a clue they lost the cowboys score against the giants was 41 to 20 and I'm sorry to say you guys came out on the lower end. <laughs> well, not really. A, here, I'm not really sorry. Here's a strange fact, Craig. I'm actually a Cowboys fan. Well, there you go. <laughs> Good a, for you. I'm not a Giants fan. <laughs> my my brother would be turning over in the grave, but uh, but uh, not not a Giants fan. <laughs> You'll have to so. apologize to your guess that my head is so big bigger than yours because i can't hear hear y'all very well so i'm having to hold my phone close to my head yeah <laughs> i'll get there i could is that too much of a close-up <laughs> is this any better craig is this okay guys <laughs> we'll, we'll try to speak up <laughs> well i you know uh I, i'll do uh informer everything is in the house too as well so uh, OT wanted to drop Craig a message saying, hello, Craig. Well, leader, I'm the guy about in about 2017 who contacted you. Cryptomundo had some issues. Okay. If, hey, OT. Does that stand so, for overtime? I don't know. Overtime. Old timer. <laughs> OT's going to send me hate mail now. Um, anyway, so, so Craig, uh, let, let's get into this. Let's have some fun. Uh, first and foremost, uh, let's, let's just put the ad out for what, well, and we'll talk about it again towards the end of the, the show, but let's talk about the Texas Bigfoot conference coming up next weekend. Okay. Well, 
The Texas Bigfoot Conference actually started in 2001. I had been to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference in 2000. And then in 2000, I got the idea. And I went back in 2001 when I was there. I was like, you know, there's nothing like this going on in Texas. Uh, I bet I can I bet I can put something together like this. And so I proceeded to do that. The reason that it's in Jefferson, even though that there's a history of Bigfoot sightings in the area and Cattle Lake is right there, is that my parents at the time owned a bed and breakfast there in town. And my mom was on the events committee for the Bed and Breakfast Association. So I used my resources to put it, to put the first conference together, which unfortunately uh, was held on September 15th, 2001, four days after 9-11. Oh, so um, I had speakers, of course, that couldn't fly in. So um, Dr. John Bendernagel, who didn't fly, was already well on his way to uh, Texas. He had set out about a month before on the road all the way from Vancouver Island across the ferry to Vancouver and, you know, went all through the the western states. visiting Bigfoot eyewitnesses and such and, um, you know, got here for the conference. So we had several speakers that couldn't fly in, but he was, he was here and had some local Texas guys and we had about 130 the first year. And, uh, it's been held nearly every year since, um, 2006. I didn't have one because we had done a, a six-month museum exhibit with the University of Texas at San Antonio, one of their campuses, which was a museum. But we held four half-day conferences that summer. And then, um, so basically just um, holding it in Jefferson, which has now been declared or proclaimed by the mayor, the the Bigfoot capital of Texas. They've they've, uh, endorsed it. We've got a Bigfoot statue in town. And a lot of Bigfoot stuff around town now that uh, it's the Bigfoot capital and it's the home of the, the annual Texas Bigfoot conference, which um, the 20th anniversary is this year. So um, in one week we'll be having the 20th anniversary event. I've had, you know, had to deal with um, COVID issues and, and problems with speakers having to drop out and, and, um, you know, having to call in the, the backups and and keep marching on. But uh, we've still got a, uh, even with Steve Coles on the lineup, we've still got a quality lineup. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Lyle Blackburn, Steve Coles, Charlie Raymond, Shelly Covington, Montana, and, and Leah Fisher, uh, a, uh, a Bigfoot author. So we've still got a, a, a good lineup. Uh, it's going to be um, a good time. Um, we always have a great time. We're going to do, um, you know, some other stuff after after hours because that's, you know, that's what I really enjoy about the conference is it, by uh, holding a conference and with an admission, it allows me to, um, you know, pay airfare and hotel and stuff to bring my friends into town to hang out for the weekend. So it's, it, to me, it's, it's always at least 50% camaraderie, um, you know, hanging out with a bunch of like-minded folks with a common interest. Uh, you know, there's nothing better in the world in my opinion than that. Uh, Amen. 
Um, I'm just trying to deal with an issue with our, for some reason, Tech got taken out as a moderator, and I'm not sure uh, why. For some, yeah. what's happening? No, one of our one of our our chat moderators for some reason is not there anymore, and I don't know. I'm not quite sure why. Hmm. But um, yeah, we'll get it fixed, Mike. Well, you, just I, I uh, apologize for my uh, amateur setup here because I'm just in my Bigfoot man cave, kicked back in a comfy chair using my iPhone. I don't have a, a well. That's all we. That's all we ask. That's set all up ask. with uh, headphones and. And all that good junk. <coughs> well, it couldn't be any couldn't have been any worse than Ron Bowles. Ah, I got Ron. <laughs> Why? What did what was his setup? Uh, pretty much the same as yours, but a lot darker. <laughs> well, I can I can make it a lot darker. <laughs> oh, there we are. <laughs> Actually, that's spooky, but it's probably spook uh, less spooky because you can't see me. I don't know what is going on. Yeah. If, you know, uh, uh, it's better we when we can actually see you, Greg. Uh, <laughs> you had to say that. I would like to, like, you know, cut this light out of my eyes here, but uh, I need to show everybody how pasty and pale I am. <laughs> so, Steve, when was the last time you were in Texas? Was it on the Biscardi expedition? Ah, uh, no, no. It was... I can't even think about it. It was... It's been some time. But I, I know I I, uh, I flitted into Texas, but not on a Bigfoot thing. I was uh, I was uh, just traveling through. Oh, okay. So, uh, but that was a, a while ago. So it's going to be great to get back to Texas. Um, you know, and it's so cool uh, being that close to Boggy Creek and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, <coughs> Boggy Creek. Uh, you know, Falk, Arkansas is only going to be a, an hour away from where we're at. Um, where the conference is held, you know, Cattle Lake is 15 minutes or so, and it's a really cool, really cool place, really spooky place at night. Yeah. Um, I guess the last time we saw each other, what was what had to been at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference? Yeah. And the last time I was to that was 2014, so it's been a while. Been a while. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still trying to. I think he's got to be in the chat. Oops. Oh wow. Did you find your person? No, I don't know what's going on. You know what happened is, uh, uh, oh, okay. I figured it, Mike, I figured out what's going on, but you got to be in chat to get you back on. I, I might have accidentally backspaced you because you don't actually delete people on this thing, which is kind of weird. Um, if you accidentally backspace over a, uh, a name, uh, it actually wipes them out. So I'm like, uh-oh. You backspace over them and they're gone? I must have. Yeah, it's really wow. weird. It was like all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> like I'm trying to correct uh, trying to correct a uh, typo. And as I'm going back, it just wiped out the other moderators. I, had I see canceled. Mick in the chat room. Hey, Mick. Yes, Mick's <laughs> in the chat room. Patrick Vaughn's in the chat room. Uh, who else wandered in while we are gone? David Wickham. David Wickham's in the house. So. I'll be part of the Ohio uh, Sasquatch Triangle Conference uh, coming up. Uh, oh, in, David in, Wickham. I, I yep. saw him in 2017 at uh, Horror yep. Hound Festival in Indianapolis. And yep. was it, it may have been, was it 18, 19? It may have been 19. I can't remember. Yep. Cryptid Maybe Bills David can remember. Too. He was there with Amy Boo. Yep. 
And uh, yep, Cryptidville's in the house, man. Welcome everybody. Good to see we got the crowd back. <clears throat> so, so tell us what you know, Craig. There are so many different things I, I think of when I think of Texas Bigfoot. There's Cattle Lake. There's the Fort Worth monster. There's, I mean, you're close enough to Falk, Arkansas, and that whole spill area there. Um, you know, tell me what what you think was the 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 best out of all i mean obviously falk but cattle lake fort worth monster which which was was more of an impact to you personally well certainly in 1969 the summer of 69 when the lake worth monster was seen um all around there up at lake worth uh, that summer um i was a kid i was nine years old and and i was fascinated by that story it was it was on the front page of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram on July 10th and July 11th. And we're talking, you know, a week and a half later, man landed on the moon. But 10 days before that, the front page story was about some hairy monster out at the lake that, you know, people saw. And uh, my grandparents saved the newspapers for me from my scrapbook. And I found a, a book written by a, a local woman who went out and investigated uh, named Sally Ann Clark. And um, so that's what got me started being interested in that stuff. And then I read a John Keel book uh, in 1970, Strange Creatures from Time and Space. And then, you know, in 73, I saw The Legend of Boggy Creek when it got national distribution when it came to Dallas. And, um, you know, I was highly influenced by, by those things. The fact that, um, you know, there were you know, hairy monsters in the woods, not that far from me. I mean, um, before, I don't remember before that even seeing what the Patterson really film there? myself. It was uh, some years later <laughs> I mean, when I saw the Patterson film. I didn't see it, you know, uh, before those things happened in the late 60s and early 70s. Yes. But I was fascinated by that, you know, when I was a teenager anyway and a Boy Scout. But, um, you know, it kind of dropped away for me. I didn't keep up with this stuff um, as I was growing up. Um, the next thing that happened to me was in 1994 when I was driving back from New Orleans to Dallas and, um, you know, pretty late at night and saw a, you know, a tall, hairy creature on the side of the road as as we were driving back and, uh, I had a friend that was asleep in the back seat. My girlfriend was in the front seat. We saw on this, um, you know, unlit two-lane road out in the middle of nowhere, we saw a, a tall, hairy, hair-covered figure walking on two legs um, about 20 feet off to the right of the road as we, you know, sped by. And my girlfriend and I both saw it for maybe seven or eight seconds, maybe, at speed and as we passed it we both looked at each other and said did you just see what i just saw yeah. <laughs> and uh we said yeah and i said what do you think you saw and she said i think i saw a bigfoot so i immediately wanted to stop I, not knowing what i would have done but she was uh uttered a few expletives and decided <laughs> that we were not going to stop <laughs> so uh, we were uh, at that point we were pulling into a small town of a couple hundred people called Bunky, Louisiana. Uh, the thing is, is, is this was also on Highway 71 in Louisiana, uh, the same Highway 71 that goes through Falk, Arkansas, oh. farther north. But um, 
we passed through town. It was, you know, about 1130 at night and there was no activity, no nothing on the Monday night. It was actually Memorial Day, May 30th, 1994. And we stopped and after we passed through town, we saw a, a little church on the side of the roads. So we pulled in there and talked about what we had seen. My friend was still in the back seat asleep. She had to be at work the next morning. So um, we talked about it for about 10 minutes and then got back on the road. And, and we really didn't even talk about it on the way home. We didn't talk about it when we got to home. It was just something weird that happened to us. And, um, you know, you have to take into account kids nowadays won't believe it. But, you know, it was until three years later that I got Internet access. Oh, yeah. Um, and 1997. So the first thing I looked up was, you know, Bigfoot and you know, found a community of people there. It certainly wasn't anything compared to today. Just, uh, you know, some message boards, uh, forums and stuff. Yeah. And went on there and, you know, met people online and talked to them and, and, uh, met a gentleman, Luke Gross, um, online and then met him in person. And we started the, the TBRC, the Texas Bigfoot Research Center in June of 99. And, um, you know, started, uh, talking to people and going out to areas where reports came in from and people wanted to get involved. And, you know, we went up to Ohio in 2000 to the conference, Don Keating's conference. And then I decided, you know, I could, I could pull off something like this in Texas. So started making preparations and had the first one, like I said, four days after nine 11, but, um, you know, used to get out and I don't do active field research anymore. It's been quite a few years. My strength, was never that anyway. My strength was organization. Yep. So I, you know, put together a team of people that had all the strengths I didn't have outdoors tracking and, you know, outdoorsmen and, you know, biologists and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've held the conference for quite a few years and had all kinds, all number of speakers that have come out and, and, um, you know, like I said, we'll have a fun weekend. We've got a couple of catered dinners by local restaurants there. Um, and I, and I see have, one's, a, I see one's a barbecue. Yeah. And, it's it's and great. Barbecue. Every, it's every all, time you put it's, Texas with barbecue, it's always on the top 50 list, uh, oh, yeah. of the, all the barbecue restaurants in Texas and they cater every year just oh. to start your lips smacking brisket, turkey, sausage, mm. Uh, pinto beans, coleslaw, potato <coughs> salad. It's going to be good. Nice. I love Texas barbecue. And they do stuff like they have a like a roundup where they serve like, uh, had like 50 people cooking their barbecue. You get to go around and try a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And yeah. They also do uh, uh, those chili contests. Oh, my God. Yeah, to do uh, a chili contest. We've, yeah. we've talked uh, about it for years having a Bigfoot chili cook-off. It's just, you know, it's just me and a handful of volunteers and it's, yeah. it's hard. Just it's, it's enough of work just to put up, put together a conference for the whole weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without yeah. Um, extra stuff. But I've always wanted to do a, a Bigfoot chili cook-off. Yeah. Uh, Texas and, and, and New Mexico. I lived in New Mexico. So, you know, that, that Southwest thing, they got it going on they start doing, uh, rattlesnake roundups, chili cook-offs, 
uh, barbecue cook-offs. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, a fat man's in paradise there, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, there'll be some good food, Steve, while you're here. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to let me on the plane going home. I'm going to gain so much weight. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to pay for an extra bag. <laughs> hey, uh, if uh, Tack, you're out there, say hello again. I, I think I know what happened. And, Oop. Uh, no, Mike, 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 our buddy Mike, uh, just say hello again in chat. You should. Hey, fixed. I see oh. Leon, uh, oh, Bigfoot Okanagan. Any, yep, Bigfoot Okanagan, and I. Uh, we want to wish him a happy Thanksgiving because tomorrow is Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, wow! So, Man, did so, they get turkey and cranberry? I, you know, that's a good question. Uh, may, maybe Leon can answer that. There he is. Okay. I would think they probably have like uh, goose and uh, something else, right? Canadian geese, right? Probably whatever they can shoot when they're oot in a boot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe, you know, of course, I'm sure on the table there'll be poutine. In case well, There's people... nothing wrong with with French fries and gravy. And cheese and curds. Cheese and oh. cheese curds. Oh, Anything that, fried. That there ain't is... nothing wrong with that. So uh, okay, now we can. Now we got that problem situated, and I understand what happened there. And what happened was, is last week, with the chat running so fast and booting out the spammers. Remember, we had the spamming issue last week. Oh yeah, some excitement. Somehow, I, I know Tack was trying to fix that as well, yeah. and I think uh, the chat scooted, and he might have actually been blocked. Mm. <laughs> So I, I fixed that all up. I'm like, why is it? if he said hello? Because he, he said he said hello, and I'm like, it's not showing up. So yeah. I bet you I know what happened. I see so. you now. Yep. I'll see you, Mike. You're there. And he's back you. as a moderator again. So good. good. Uh, Canadian turkey is dish best served cold, or maybe that was revenge <laughs> dish. I forget. <laughs> oh man. Oh, so uh, Steve, Thanksgiving oh. was invented in Canada, and we eat turkey too. Well, oh. happy Thanksgiving, okay. guys! So nothing wrong with some turkey, dude, and a good nap afterwards. That's right. Mashed potatoes and gravy. There you go. So, the the creature you saw crossing the road—that was a dark creature, or was it? Well, no, and it actually didn't cross the road. It was parallel. Okay, it was walking parallel to the road we were on. It never looked over. It never deviated from its path. It was just, it was about seven foot tall and kind of hunched over and it looked grayish in okay. the headlights. Cool. So it looked, uh, you know, I don't know <clears throat> if the fur was, you know, light colored, white colored, blonde or whatever, but it looked gray in the headlights. And, now, you know, we just saw it for whatever, seven, eight seconds until we passed it. And, um, and that was it. Gotcha. Now, there was this infamous picture of the Lake Worth monster. I'm pulling that up right now. Um, the the great, yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, that's that's a cropped image of it. Right. The um, the original image is uh, much bigger. Gotcha. Yep. Um, taken by a, a guy that owned a dress shop. His name was Alan Plaster, Plaster. in uh, 1969. And he gave, um, he didn't want anything to do with it after he took the picture because he was being hounded by newspapers and stuff. And he gave it to Sally Ann Clark, who uh, wrote the book. I, I ended up meeting her at her house in 1999. Luke Gross and I went over to her house mm -hmm. 
and in, uh, talked to her, I drug out like two suitcases full of stuff, you know, letters and drawings and stuff that people had sent to her. And, um, and um, you know, she showed us the original of that picture. Uh, I should have sent it to you. I've got a picture of uh, John Green at her house in 1976 when he was touring the U.S. writing his book, Sasquatch the Apes Among Us, that he had stopped in and visited her at her house. And she had uh, has a life-size drawing of uh, this kid had drawn of the Lake Worth monster that was, you know, uh, like seven feet tall. And there's a picture I have of John Green and on one side of that picture and Sally Ann Clark on the other side, but I didn't think to send you any stuff beforehand. So the Lake, uh, the Lake Worth monster, that, that was actually a, a, a white Bigfoot, correct? Or correct. people seeing it was described as being a dirty white color, which is very similar to what you saw. Okay. Kind right. of that yeah. summer. It was actually seen by hundreds of people out there and it is generally regarded as the most witnessed local creature you know because all kinds of i know here in texas and i'm sure it's everywhere up there even that there's you know local creatures that show up fairly regularly and maybe over a short period of time but in a local area and they become you know uh, the caddo critter the holly hem the turkey yeah. creek monster the sabine thing you know yep. local areas have these local names for these creatures and this one was seen mainly the summer of 1969 um, however there were periodic reports from that area over the years i believe the last one heard anything from was in the 06 to 08 area of somebody reporting something in that area. It's now, it's now a city uh, nature refuge. Um, um, the, you know, the, um, the whole area Greer Island where this monster was seen, right. um, you know, supposedly that it, it lived out on Greer Island on this um, Island uh, in the middle of the lake um, would retreat to there after being seen or shot at. But um it's the the Fort Worth. Uh, what is it? I can't think right now. It's a it's a wildlife park and nature nature refuge. They have like a they have a herd of bison out there and and huh. other stuff. But it's a, it's a city park now. And in in two thousand nine, the city contacted me, wanting to plan a fortieth anniversary oh, wow. of the Lake Worth monster <laughs> um, that we held in two thousand nine. And it's held now every five years, but I, you know, the city of Fort Worth actually puts on this festival, the Lake Worth Monster Bash. And since the beginning, I've been involved in the planning process of that. And it's a very popular event out there in, in uh, Fort Worth. Very cool. And of course, as we know, uh, there is a link to the Fort, Fort Worth area to one of my debunkings, and that's the Fort Worth Exchange. Uh the, the, the latest video I put out there was a, a uh, an email from uh, the one, the only Linda Newton Perry of Bigfoot Ballyhoo, <laughs> who who lifted pictures of a couple of Wranglers from the Fort Worth Exchange and made them their ESP team. And it was kind of funny because there was a couple of guys 
from uh, Texla Research uh, that went to the Fort Worth Exchange after a lot of communications back and forth. And they actually got a picture of one of the guys there and got the names. Wow. <laughs> so, so it was it was like, oh, well. <laughs> Wasn't one, she your first Hall of Shame member? No, no, no. The first... Uh, uh, the, the first Hall of Shame member, of course, goes to the the uh, the guy from San Francisco, or Memo <laughs> Park. Uh, who shall not be named? Who? Well, I, I don't worry about that too much. But uh, he sounds like a popular Italian cookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, followed very quickly by uh, his Georgia brethren. Uh, yeah. then, then it was Linda Newton Perry. So she was like the third one in. Okay. So, uh, yep. Or Did you ever see that picture of Biscardi's from like the seventies with that, that supposed Bigfoot perched on the side of the cliff that looked like it had big Ugg boots on it or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Well, if anybody, you know, and I don't, uh, necessarily, uh, I can't really show it, but, uh, there was a movie, a German movie by the name of Downfall. And a lot of people have parodied, parodied that uh, with, uh, and basically Downfall was the last days of, you know, the, the Third Reich. And it mm -hmm. had the bunk, it was all about the bunker and what happened in the bunker. And there was a scene in there that's been parodied because uh, people putting in their own subtitles. And I, I did one. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's quite, it's quite, it was actually quite, I look back on it now because it's, it's probably seven or eight years old, maybe even longer. And it, it was completely brilliant. It had Biscardi in it. And, and, you know, basically Hitler was railing on Biscardi. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, trying to, uh, I think everything is starting to run very well here, which is good. Um, so what are your thoughts on this photo? My thoughts are that um, it definitely looks like to me that, um, you know, that it <coughs> could be could be one of these creatures. You know, you can see what looks to be a spine there on the right side mm -hmm. and, um, you know, rising up out of the grass. It was, you know, tall grass and weeds around there. So, um, you know, what could be a left shoulder there, um, the spine, but left arm. Um, you know, facing to the left um, is my interpretation of it. And, and the first thing I look at is is that that it's not like uniform hair; it's kind of matted and yeah, and 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 frilly. So, um, so the uh, Alan uh, Alan Plaster, you know, he didn't want anything to, but he had a story behind it, and that's kind of cool. And the fact that you know he was interviewed and talked about it for a little bit, that was good as well. And then stepped away from it, right? Not not really wanting to embrace the publicity from it. That's uh, that that's a pretty good indicator that, you know, that at least on his side, he wasn't, you know, hoaxing anything or trying to say, oh, you know, this is, you know, so that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, yeah, it actually didn't come about till about a month after she wrote her book. So it's not actually in the book. Gotcha. Um, it um, um, he contacted her. Well, you know, like you said, he was interviewed. Uh, by newspaper and probably television, you know, back in those days, um, you know, like reading her book, you know, when she interviews somebody or has a picture of them, it lists their home address in there. Yeah. You know, in her book, it lists her home address and phone number 
yep. in the in the front of the book. But back then, people got identified um, in news stories and such yeah. with their yeah. name and address. And yeah. you know, you know, Bob Gimlin can tell you what happened to him uh, with the Patterson Gimlin film, with people showing up in his driveway and. Yeah you know, causing all kinds of grief. So this guy, like I said, he owned a business in Fort Worth and, uh, you know, being associated with that photo photo did not, um, probably did not help his business. Um, you know, a lot of un unwanted attention. Yeah. You know, people probably pestering him or laughing at him or, well, yeah. you know, Craig and this, the photo, the creature in this photo looks to be like big and bulky. Was the, the one that, that you had, had seen, was it bulky like that? Or was it well, kind of like long I mean, and lanky? Uh, you know, you can't, I can't tell much from this picture, Yeah, but it wasn't as, it certainly wasn't as bulky as Patty in the Patterson film. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was tall, you know, like I said, about seven foot tall and it, yeah. it was not, you know, bulky like Patty by any means. It was muscular, but it wasn't, uh, you know, um, certainly as bulky as, as the Patterson Gimlin film. Right. Creature. Yeah, there's some parts in the country where most of the sightings report like a big, uh, well, like Patty, like a football player, linebacker type body yeah. type. And then the other part, like a, especially like in Florida, uh, they're, they're kind of reported as being kind of thin looking or, or, not really muscled up, but, but right. Still tall. Well, that's a, you know, that's a, uh, called Bergman's law basically in, mm. uh, with animal physiology that the farther away from the equator, the bigger and bulkier they're going to be to retain heat. The closer mm. they are to the equator, they're, you know, not as, um, necessarily as hairy, not as bulky, not as, you know, much fat deposits in, in them. Uh, and that's, you know, that's science right there. Yeah. So now question, question, and, and there's some discussion in the chat, which is very interesting. Um, and, and first of all, in looking at, at this picture, um, and again, uh, without knowing the whole backstory on it, um, but the fact is there is a backstory. He was interviewed by new that, that helps to me. Um, but in, in here, you kind of see that there's some vegetation here. Now, is that part of this vegetation or that? Because there's some, some talk. Do they grow cotton or anything like that in, in that particular? I don't think cotton is very, is not really a Texas-friendly plant or, um, or crop, I should say. You know, it's hard. Like I said, it's hard to make out much detail from this yeah. picture. It was, um, I believe it was a Polaroid. <coughs> the... Um, the gentleman was riding around the lake that the lake back then was like a lover's lane with kids going out and, and drinking and parking and making out. It wasn't, um, <clears throat> like it is now, a, a, a park and, and wildlife refuge with a lot of, a lot of traffic. Um, <clears throat> like I said, the teenagers used to go out there and hang out and drink beer and, and stuff. But, Supposedly he was driving with friends around the lake <clears throat> and this thing popped up out of the vegetation there and he saw it and just quickly took one picture and that was it. Uh, I've never interviewed him or talked to him and he doesn't yeah. want, you know, to answer any questions nowadays. 
for sure. Um, I I think he's still alive, but I'm not sure. Gotcha. So uh, okay, because there there's some that that some people say. Well, it looks kind of cotton. I know Patrick Vaughn, Vaughn had said. Um, uh, and I know uh, cotton grows across the South, but uh, don't forget there are parts of Texas that have some very dry, dry climate. And I know as you get out towards that Fort Worth area, that's where the, the dry, it starts to get drier out towards Fort Worth in that area. Well, you know, the, the eastern third of Texas has plentiful rainfall. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth is, is in there, too, where we get quite a bit of rainfall. But there's no cotton fields there. I, I don't know what they're, um, if they're saying that that's just, you know, some cotton or if yeah. it's somebody that fashions something. But, you know, it's there's not any cotton naturally growing there around the lake. Um, Let me see if I can't get the... Um, yeah larger picture uh, another thing too i think a lot of people have a misconception about texas they they uh start they think thinking it's about tumbleweeds they watch yes. dallas back in the 80s exactly yeah um yeah you know in and, the in the eastern third there's areas that get up to and above 50 inches of rainfall a year right. and you know going back to john green's book sasquatch the apes among us that he found the preponderance of sightings were in areas where the annual rainfall was 20 inches and higher well right. that this this area of texas is is far surpasses that and as the farther you go east it's even more you know in the piney woods of east texas the big yeah. thicket down in southeast texas yeah. very 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 uh, you know a lot of cover a lot of rainfall um there's creeks and rivers and lakes and ponds and stock tanks everywhere and right. there is um you know a lot more um so a lot more in, um, in looking at the, and plenty uh, of plenty of food sources yeah <clears throat> now in looking the uh, at the unaltered photo um it looks a lot less like cotton to me right you know uh, because i think the other photo we were looking at it was kind of had a lot of contrast in it, so it kind of right. blurred a lot. It blurs of the, it up. Yeah, yeah, blurred yeah, that a lot was of the much feature. better. I mean, you yeah. can yeah. actually see like a uh, you can make out there's a a, yeah. a hair uh, structure rather yeah. than fuzzy. And like and, I said, you can, you know, make out you know an area that looks like a spine there on the on the right side. I agree. Yeah, that uh, you know, like mine was hunched over, you know, hunched over forward like that. The right. the sighting I had um was you know it was lurched forwards a little bit yeah. um so you know i wasn't there so i'm not gonna if, say if that. we're to me if we're looking at the left side the left right side uh almost that, at a three quarter right what would be uh uh the uh, the arm there would appear to be muscular uh, uh of course it could just be the way the hair is laying but it certainly does have a, a contour to it that looks interesting. Well, you know what I find interesting is mm -hmm. that the it does appear to have a lot of dirt on it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't appear like we looked at the, the, the enhanced photo, and what right. you're missing is yeah. the fine detail. Yeah. So, you know, that was the first picture I grabbed. It was, um, and looking at this, and uh, somebody asked, <laughs> 
So what does Steve Coles think? And then former everything says he is the D. And I don't know if he means detective or something else. <laughs> Probably both. Is your middle name Richard? <laughs> no. <laughs> there are no Richards in my family. None. Zip. Zing. Um, thank God. Um, anyway, um, but looking at this, you know, and, and, and obviously this is not a piece of cotton. I think we can kind of put right. that aside now from looking at this better. Uh, there does seem to be some, and this is just my thoughts in looking at this. Um, is it a costume or is it something or is it the actual creature? Well, in looking at this, I see long hair. I see dirt. Uh, it's not a clean white, right. which one would expect a costume to be, especially back in the 60s. Yep. Usually they would be like a uniform color. Um, the pattern of dirt on the particular uh, unsub uh, is sporadic. It's not a uniform type because you can see patches here where there's very clean. Mm. And there's patches here that are clean and patches here that are clean. Right. And, but there's some like darker areas and lighter areas. So, and then, you know, it's hard to tell. But what I do see is something that appears anyway. And again, this is all subjective. This is, uh, this is all off a of gut feeling. Um, uh, not knowing the story again, if, if, I look at the story and look at how the how the picture was taken, the circumstances that can give us some psychological elements to see if it's authentic. And I always speak about the Bigfoot peeper, how the story you look at the pictures, everybody's like, oh, look at the pictures. They look great. Wait a minute. Look at the story. It, it completely makes no sense at all. So if you take the picture out of the story and just take it, take it for the story's worth. Then you're going to get a clearer picture whether or not it's a hoax or not. That's why I always turn around and say, you know, a picture, a story, a picture is only worth the story behind it. So, yeah, and, and you have to realize too, this picture is 52 years old. Yeah, right. You know, this is, you know, it it definitely to me is not a gorilla suit. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the, uh, but, the, but then again, you know, Patrick Ron keeps right saying inconclusive. Agreed. Any picture is inconclusive. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not, unless you get a face and some authenticity, uh, even then it's going to be contested that it's a costume or it's some kind of CGI well, or, or other with, than. The, with the other, the, the other version of the picture that's had the contrast, like zoomed way out and brightened everything up. You know, I can look at that. I, I just see a fuzzy white blob. Okay. Yeah. So that one wasn't so good at, 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 yeah. at seeing anything. But this one here, I like this one. I think this is interesting yeah. uh, because you can see some uh, detail in, right. in the photo. Right. And and, uh, and like you say, B, B said that, you know, it could be a case of severe pareidolia, but it could be either way. Pareidolia can work both ways. You know, you could see, you know, a, uh, a uh, I don't know, you could see a piece of cotton in that film. And if you yeah. think about it, and uh, I would love to reverse it, but right now I'm doing a show. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of tough to revert uh, to run all kinds of programs while I'm doing a show, Mike. Sorry. Come um, on, man. We got to get we got to get into what, like we can do on those TV shows where they say, okay, 
uh, Sector Six enhance, you know. (laughs) Um, but no, I'm sorry, we we have to deal with reality here. (laughs) But uh, I do, I like this one a lot better than the other one. I, I think this one is very interesting. The other one is not so much as interesting. It is just kind of looks blobby. Well, the one thing I can say about this, off the off the cuff, it doesn't look like a suit, just because of the dirt patterns. You know, you know, and you can see matting. That's interesting. I mean, right there. You know, uh, you can see like a, like, um, and this happens to my Shih Tzu um, a lot. Uh, but if you get long hair and sometimes it gets all tangled, it almost like creates a dreadlock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. Um, could this be, you know, and if you think about it, where's the neck, you know, if this is actually one of these things standing up, which it does appear to be. And now if you think about it, stand up, this is probably its waist. But where are the elbows? The elbows are at the waist. Mm. Exactly. Jay, yeah. Jay just said long arms. If yeah. you stand up, oh, make me get up. <laughs> you know, if you look, where are my elbows? They're actually nowhere near my waist. They're a good yeah. five or six inches, you know, above my waist. Yeah. So on, on, um, I'm looking at that, you know, and of course, see, Patrick, I'm not, I'm not talking about whether or not this is evidence or this is scientific evidence that proves no. the Sasquatch is no. real. It's not, not at all. But how are we leaning? How would you lean as a researcher? Because there, there are two levels of, uh, and, and Craig, agree or you disagree when I, when I make the statement, there are kind of two levels of Bigfoot research. There's the stuff you put out publicly as evidence and saying, this is a Bigfoot. Um, versus discussion amongst your own peers. And that's that's what we're doing right now, is we're having a discussion amongst peers. This is what kind of we're doing on the show. When we discuss amongst peers, you know, how are you leaning? Am I leaning? Is that a Bigfoot or isn't it? It's not evidence. Well, I do have one question, Steve. Sure. My question is, do you think this creature made the old man, old man noises that you did when you stood up? <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> I know it. I know it. You know, it's kind of funny. I somebody actually thought I was either in my early forties or late thirties last week, and I'm like, oh no. Somebody oh, no. thought that. Somebody actually thought that. I mean, recently. Oh, no. Yeah, just like the other day, I was like, no. wow. No, I, I have five grandkids. I'm not a. I'm not young as <laughs> everybody thinks I am. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm guilty of the old man noises, man. I can't help it. Oh, me too. I, I, I mean, I did that. I did a video. Uh, I, I was replacing the a throttle body on my on my vehicle, and I'm leaning over. Of course, you know I got a big fat belly and everything. I'm leaning over, going, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, oh god, this this is gonna sound good. Yeah. Well, in another, another ten years, <laughs> another ten years, Chris will start leaning over, and you're like, oh, oh. Oh, ah. <laughs> uh, it hadn't got it hadn't got uh, to that point yet, but you know we're probably close. So you know, if if that is indeed where the elbow is, there, um, yeah, you know that looks like it's right at waist level. Well, my gut feeling is it looks 
pretty good, but uh, you know, it, is it definite? No. No, no, it's never definite unless. But it sure is interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I would lean towards to the positivity side of it, but seeing the original like this, it's it is quite <clears throat> quite compelling in certain areas that you know either this is one of two things: this is either the real thing or it's a a hoax. Well, um, and the coloration. Um, Smedley Duray asked if that's a bear. Welcome, Smell Smedley. Uh, and <laughs> life is a flyaway. Uh, a couple of new names coming up. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. It looks more like fur than hair. And Bigfoot has hair, not fur. <laughs> so there's there are a number of, of great great comments. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. But anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Cattle Lake. What's, what, ha, what has been going on at Cattle Lake? And I don't know what is going on with this. Yeah, we'll have today. to we'll have to go down there, <clears throat> run down there maybe um, Saturday night because you've got a you've got a flight bright and early Sunday morning. But yes. um, after the event, we can probably run down there and just go uh, check out Cattle Lake and see. It's, uh, you know, it's the only natural lake in the state of Texas. Every other lake in Texas is a man-made reservoir. Um, that It was created by natural events by a log jam that um, it used to be uh, the riverboats would come up, you know, from New Orleans <clears throat> up to Jefferson. Jefferson at, at that time, back in the 1800s, was like the it was a, a major port, and I believe it was the fourth largest city in in Texas at the time. But then the Army Corps of Engineers um, dynamited the the log jam, and it caused it to drain, and the riverboats could no longer come up the um, up the river to Jefferson because of that. Mm. But it's a cool place. It's it's got um, the all the, the cypress trees and the Spanish moss, and you know yeah. at night the the mist is coming up off of it. It it's uh, really cool and creepy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I liked about Texas, man. You you get parts of it. I mean, dude, it's so big that it, it's got it like well, I'm, different Mike, ecosystems across the state. Oh yeah, just, it's, just to let you know, my file manager is having a large issue right now. With uh, like, I'm clicking on photos and photos are disappearing. <laughs> so I, I have no idea what is going on with this computer necessarily right now. Um, I'm, I'm definitely having problems with my photos. Poltergeist. Yeah. But uh, even uh, like when you get over into the the parts of the state that are dry, uh, that that you might have a, a, a desert valley there. But uh, when you get to the next mountain over. And you drive up that mountain, it's like trees, water, grass, you know, yeah. everything. There are, you know, some very dry areas, but, you know, even out in West yeah. Texas, like you said, there's rivers yeah. through there. Yeah. And, you know, where you have, uh, you know, a riparian area like that, you're going to have vegetation and animals and and um, and stuff like that, that, yeah. you know, we've we've, you know, encountered reports very few, but have encountered reports from West Texas where there are waterways 
through there where yeah. people have seen things um, out in that area. But like I said, the majority of the reports are from the eastern third of the state where yeah. most of the rain, rainfall is. Right. Yeah, there's there's a, a beautiful picture of Cattle Lake. Like I said, you got the cypress trees and the Spanish moss and alligators and, you know, all kinds of, I forget how many species of fish are in in Cattle Lake. Uh, they've got a cool program where they're, reintroducing the paddlefish there um that are nearly extinct but they're um working with texas parks and wildlife and and restocking the lakes with uh, you know the primitive paddlefish there that are right. really cool looking and then we and then you know i'm sure there's a ton of alligator gar in there too oh yeah alligator gar and and alligators yep. you know heck there's even alligators out there at at Lake Worth in, you know, near Fort Worth, there was a picture um, just a couple of weeks ago of one that like a 10 footer that was seen on the dock, just sunning itself on the dock there. <laughs> you know, and it's amazing. How, how does an alligator get to a man-made lake? <laughs> just well, quite... through river system. Yeah. Yeah. One would suppose. Uh, it's just amazing how invasive. I mean, I was just watching this thing about invasive species. There's this uh, this parasitic type of fish that attaches in uh, if they're I forget the exact name, but one the there's a lot of indigenous ones, but there is like a sea one and it made its way through the St. Lawrence River all the way to Lake Michigan. And, um, you know, now they have. Uh, and hello to Mike. Mike's in the house. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll have to get you out there to cattle. At some, oh, I'd love to. We've at least ten. I I love to. I love to. I love to get back to Falk for a quick visit too. That that would be yeah. awesome. Um, Lyle being the, the man, you know, is like take me to the Ford property. And, yeah, that would uh, be cool. Yeah. yeah. Here's my clock. That is. It is ten o'clock. I love. Well, that. actually, it's nine o'clock in in Texas. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Cattle Cattle Lake's always. Uh, I met some. I, I talked to folks before who had encounters at, at Kettle Lake, and uh, that that's always fascinated me. Um, out of all the, the the sighting reports you 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 know gathered um, in Texas. Um, you know, I'm probably getting a close-up on my ear right now. I'm trying to hear. <laughs> there we go. What'd you say, Steve? Uh, out of all the uh, the uh, sighting reports in Texas, is there one that really stands out as, like, very interesting or... or um, um, <clears throat> probably or the one that stands out the most is the one that is typically called the hog hunter. Um, that was... Um, a guy was in a, a tree stand and saw movement um and it was uh you know the way he described it it was a bigfoot that was leaping from tree to tree uh behind trees and actually grabbed a hog and grabbed it by the legs and started slamming it up against a tree and killed it hmm. and then threw it through it over its shoulder and 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 left to carry the hog off, but uh, looked back and looked the guy in the tree stand eye to eye and scared the crap out of him and then just kind of let it let his head back and let out a roar. And then another one 
came in from behind the guy and answered it. Ooh. I, you know, I spoke to that guy um, and investigated the report as well as another investigator. And um, he seemed, um, you know, credible. You're, you know, you're taking somebody's word, their testimony. And, and, you know, like you do, you got to, um, you know, see if there's any, uh, you know, interview them and, and ask them the same question four different ways or whatever to see if, yeah. if it slipped, if they slip up. But, um, you know, he was deemed credible and his story never changed. Um, that was a cool story. There was one that was actually across the, the border in, in, um, Oh, I can't think of the name, the bayou there near Falk, but the, uh, mm -hmm. the guy that was the bow hunter, it was recreated on I'm trying to remember what show, one of the documentaries it was recreated on, but he was up in his, um, tree stand, you know, and it was dark and he saw something beneath him that he thought were, um, cows that were, um, you know, it was still dark and suddenly um, his story of Bigfoot stood up in front of him. And the only thing that it that would could be seen was the glint off of his uh, broadhead on his arrow. And the Bigfoot reached up and uh, touched that and apparently cut itself and just screamed right practically in his face. Gee. <laughs> He, I believe, had to change his underwear after this, but it ran off and, um, you know, he got out of his tree stand pretty quick. But um, I, I'm trying to remember what that may have been on. Um, um, oh, I can't believe I can't think of what was D Doug Highcheck's series, Not Mysterious Encounters oh, with Autumn. Monster, Monster Quest. Quest. Monster yeah. Um, yeah. What? Monster oh. Quest? Yeah, Monster yeah. Quest. I believe yeah. it was on Monster Quest. Is what that um, it was the Swamp Stalker episode, I believe, um, that it was recreated on. But uh, you know, I've I've talked to. You know, I've been doing this since 1999. I know I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of people. Yep. Um, and they, you know, some of them don't sound credible. Some of them sound credible. And, um, you know, there's only in my mind, there's only a couple possibilities of, of the, what their story is. Either they, um, you know, are lying about it, making it up. Um, they may have been hoaxed by somebody else. They, um, you know, they may have, uh, you know, been under the influence of, of alcohol or narcotics. They may have mistaken, um, you know, a person or known wildlife or the other possibility is that, you know, they saw what they say they saw. And, you know, if even one of those people is describing what they saw and accurately, then there's something out there. And, and even if I throw out the stories, the testimony that I've talked to hundreds of people about, I still have my own experience that I can't explain away as anything really other than than one of these creatures i mean yeah. it was seven foot tall it was out in the middle of nowhere it was actually we could see it walking it was walking parallel to the road and we saw it walking covered in hair and you know it wasn't a burned out tree stump it wasn't 
you know, somebody in a costume. It wasn't a hunter in a ghillie suit. It wasn't a horse or a cow or anything like that. So the only possibility I'm left with is that it was one of the creatures. I mean, yep, right. I can't, I can't <clears throat> come up with any other, any other opinion on what it could have been. Well, something that I find interesting, Craig, is in that area, there's a lot of reports of people seeing them uh, with a hog or they've grabbed a hog, they've killed a hog, something right. to do with using a hog as food supply. Well, and you now know, that's I'm the same thing in Legend yeah. of Boggy Creek. You know, the yeah. guy had two hogs carried off. I interviewed a guy that was a sheriff's deputy and his dad was a Dallas police officer and they tracked a, a creature that lifted a hog up out of a pen and carried right. it off and cast one of the fi a five-toed footprint of it. Yeah. And, you know, they were credible law officers. You know, I've gotten stories from all walks of people, testimony, you know, uh, law enforcement, military, um, clergymen, you know, uh, people that to me have would should have no motivation at all to come forward and give their name and talk to somebody and, um, you know, give them their name and phone number and, and, and that it, it certainly can't, uh, the, the motivation is not, you know, I don't see what the motivation would be because it can't, if it came out, it wouldn't help their careers or anything. Right. Yep. Um, so I don't understand why people that don't have anything, you know, anything to profit off of or, yeah. you know, anything to come forward and say that I've seen one of these things. Yeah. And, you know, what, what I found interesting is it seemed like, you know, they were talking about that these creatures were using hogs for a food source. Right. And I like to watch hunting videos on YouTube all the time. And I have seen, and anybody that goes and searches them up on YouTube will see the same thing. Uh, over on Eastern Texas, they have a hog problem. Oh, there's, there's a lot of overpopulation oh, going yeah. on there. It's overrun with hogs. And, you know, Louisiana um, as well, too. I mean, there's just feral hogs everywhere and destroying crops and, you know, and, you know, a danger to people if you're out, you know, walking around the woods and encounter a pack of Yes. feral hogs you know that's not yes. a good place to be you better climb a tree pretty quick that's a fact because hogs will eat anything including you yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just uh i'm i'm wondering i just lost my train wreck of thought <laughs> i had a question that was on the tip of my tongue and i lost it um yeah uh our Quick witty saying uh, he's been hearing a lot about FBI looking for Bigfoot in Texas recently. I don't know if that's on your radar, but I I, I haven't heard anything like that uh, myself. But you know, so, uh, I know what my question is. We uh, there was the uh, there was that infamous uh, Falk, Arkansas case there. Uh, it was in the Legend of Boggy Creek about the the uh, the farmer losing two of his prize hogs. Yeah, right. You know, so it makes perfect sense that, you know, if they're tackling deer in the Northeast and Ohio and stuff like that, why would they go after What kind of thing could get two hogs <laughs> and carry them off? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. No drag marks, just like they, they beamed up. <laughs> oh, no, let's not start that rumor. <coughs> um, but if, yeah. they're using, if they're using hogs for a food source, I mean... 
the, their food source would be abundant. There's plenty of them, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, let's see. We have some questions. I got to scroll a little bit to get back to some of these questions that, that came in. Uh, Smedley, uh, do right ask, uh, are there alligator snapping turtles in Cattle Lake also? Yep, big enough to take a man's foot off. Oof. Not uh... Snapping turtles are no joke. They're serious. Yeah. Uh, Mick says, does anyone have any theories as to why Texas Sasquatch are so ornery? From the accounts, they seem much more aggressive. Well, you know, it is hotter down here. Yeah. So the heat will make anybody ornery, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know any, you know, there's nobody really knows anything about them. I mean, that's, you know, that is something that's um, been said and may have, you know, been spread. Um I don't have any personal experience with ornery Texas Bigfoot, but I've never had a sighting while doing research. I am pretty sure they've been in the area and heard strange vocalizations and stuff, but I've never had another sighting other than my one in Louisiana. Yeah. And speaking of Louisiana, there was that, uh, there was the Mississippi skunk ape video. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, Craig. The one where it was like yep. stripping the bark off of the tree, tearing up a tree. Yep, and you know why tearing I, the bark off a tree? Yeah, and you know I completely killed that one. Uh, Did you? Yeah, because the actual witness comes back to a character in a TV show, um, and it was like Mount Monsters meets Swamp People, and uh, it was these group, uh, supposedly this group of people, and there uh, the actual four people that were there, or three people that were supposedly these big investigators and running the swamps of Louisiana, they actually said the Mississippi skunk ape video was actually in Louisiana. Number one. Um, number two was the, uh, and, and we looked at that when this, when we first went to video, Chris, it was like one of the first videos we looked at. Remember we saw what we thought was a rip in the scene. The, the, yeah. The dude with the ripped costume, the yeah. ripped costume. And uh, as it turned out that, that, so I started looking at this witness supposedly and trying to see if there's any social media print footprint or anything like that. Yeah. And it just happens that the, the person's name came back to the internet movie database, but it wasn't an actual person. It was a character in this TV show. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, so then I look at his social media and he had a YouTube page and he had a Facebook page and it was only one post on each one of those first uh-huh. and last. And it was just the video. That was yeah. it. So I think what it looked like to me was just like somebody trying to do a, like the production company trying to do a viral campaign on that. Right. The, the person was actually portrayed by an actor, which you want to know how fake it is. They, they actually blurred the actor's face out in the show trying to say, well, this is, you know, whatever his name was. And he's trying to conceal his identity. Yeah. And, and, and the fact is, is that, you know, none of the social media sites, he, he had a YouTube page. He had a Facebook page. And the only the only thing on the Facebook page was a picture of a swamp, and then the video, and that was it. Nothing yeah. else. No. How about that one from Florida, Lettuce Lake? The Lettuce Lake video. You know, there's uh, that's the one where that uh, is that the uh, gorilla head sticking out of the window. The gorilla, the head that's just out there in the middle of the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that some of them just oh, scream yeah. really easy ones, you know, and that that's one of them that just screams easy. 
Um, <laughs> the poor Bigfoot was buried six feet down. He's in quicksand. <laughs> Save him. You remember when we were kids, how big a thing we thought it was going to be with quicksand? Yes. Yeah, quicksand everywhere. Yeah. Quicksand everywhere, you know, Johnny Quest, Tarzan, wherever. Yes. They were always getting trapped in quicksand. In quicksand. Yep. And, and, and I've never encountered it in my real life. Well, it's kind of funny. I actually was talking to one of my hunter friends, and he actually encountered quicksand in New York. He, mm. put, he put his four-wheeler in it. <laughs> so the four-wheeler was stuck. They had to get a chain and, and get it pulled out, and he he lost a boot. <laughs> It's like what the heck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not. It's not very often that. You hey, are you? Are they got a commercial break coming up anytime soon? We can do that. Uh, well, you know what? Let's uh, let's look at our favorite commercial. We're going to take a quick commercial break, about a minute long. How long? How long is it going to be, sir? Uh, about a minute. We, we. You know what? If you need to blip out, uh, what I'll Go do ahead. is uh, okay. Just, I'll be right here right. when you get back, bud. Take your time. Yeah. Okay. Yep, we'll be here. All right. So what I'll do is I'll just, I'll see that when he comes back. And uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a lot. It's been some great discussion tonight, Chris. Um, you know, it, it's nice digging into like the Fort Worth monster and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, when Craig comes back, we'll probably be talking a little bit about Cryptomundo and, and stuff like that. We've covered oh, so much and, uh, you know, we got 45 minutes left to show. Well, it's interesting that uh, Craig has actually had a sighting because a lot of cryptozoologists, you know, go their whole life without ever yep. ha having that luxury uh, yep. uh, of actually seeing one. And, and it's I'm kind of funny because, you know, Craig and I come basically from the same, you know, class almost of uh, graduating class. He started in 99. I started in 98, 99. Yeah. Um, you know, very, very mildly in 98, doing my own personal research, 99, I started getting out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, uh, question from uh, the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Uh, yeah. The, the interesting thing about the Honey Island Swamp Monster is uh, uh, we had, I had spent a couple of weeks there um, on, on one of the Honey Island Islands. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we had gotten talking to this guy. His name was Denty Crawford. I remember his name very well. Um, and uh, when, uh, you know, we, we started talking. And finally, we got Denty to crack. He says that, you know, the, the Honey Island Swamp Monster was created to draw. There was a lot of. of uh, now, Denty had his own sighting as well. But he said it was not a, any kind of three-toed creature. He actually saw the foot right. of it. It was five-toed. So he goes, they're out here, but the, the whole hunting Island swamp monster thing was kind of created to draw people off the Northern part of the, the wooded, the, the woods. Cause as you look, hunting Island is kind of South and I, you know, from what I recall, very South right. and then to the North of it, it's a lot of forested area. Well, in that forested area, there was a lot of stills and some yeah. uh, cannabis growing operations out there yeah. too. So yeah. what happened was there was some Bigfoot sightings in those areas and everybody started going to that to check it out. So in order to draw that off, the Honey Island Swamp Monster was created. And that yeah. was the real reason why this all started going down. Yeah. Um, I've looked at was uh, messing with their entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah. 
well, you know, moonshining, uh, that's right. a big business down there. Yeah. Um, so you, you look at that, uh, and, uh, you know, so it makes kind of sense. You get these, you get the re when you start talking with the, the locals, you start getting the real stories. Right. And like, you know, completely different when you go to Falk, Arkansas, you know, I went to Falk, uh, back in, I think I was in Falk in 2006. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to find any of the creatures now. Right now there's a drought on. We tend not to, we don't tend not to see them when there's a drought on. Just mm. matter of factly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like the Honey Island Swamp Monster. You get kind of that cross-eyed look because what it looked like to me, those three-toed tracks were, do, were basically either gator dew claws or there was a lot of blue herons there. Yeah. And we, we, we've got, I've seen the tracks on the sand barges. Uh, in the Honey Islands, and they looked a lot like the... Uh, well, you know, I had seen like a documentary where somebody found a shoe that was uh, uh, made right. and made into a stomper. Right, 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 yep. So that, that kind of, yeah, that, that kind of took all the magic away from it right yep. there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, usually when you see that. Oh, Craig is back. We'll pop him back on. There you are. Welcome yeah, back, Craig. <laughs> so, yeah, we were just... Uh, Mike from Texas Bigfoot Rangers just asked a question, didn't I debunk the honey? Oh, Island Mike, Michael monster. Waldy. Yep. Yep. Um, so hang, uh, on, hang on just a second, guys. Sure. Tammy. Hey, mute me, would you? Sure. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, you know, we'll, when he comes back, what I'll do is I'll just uh, put him back down when he's ready to go. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I came, I, I was out <laughs> I there. I didn't don't mess that. with our stills. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah. Moonshine and some serious business. We'll get yeah. back into the stream. Okay, Craig, you're back on. Yes, sir. So I had a rogue vacuum cleaner going off. <laughs> the Roomba? <laughs> no, he's lost. We've, our, our robot vacuum cleaner, um, he oh, has this? a tendency to go wedge himself under furniture, and he's been missing for about two months. Oh, <laughs> he's called, we, we call him Wreckham Ralph. <laughs> oh, man. I've seen so videos seen him for things driving <laughs> around people's houses and got their cat or dog sitting on top of it. Yeah, he may have jumped the threshold on a day. and just... He's, uh, <laughs> that is funny stuff. Oh, you know, the, the, uh, the robot is AWOL. <laughs> So uh, I don't know if anybody has heard of this yet. Um, let me get this one up. This is kind of funny. Um, I I, ha I got to show this because my my, uh, my fiance. There it goes again. See that? I didn't do nothing, and it just clicked. That's that your point. fiance? No, no, no. My my. Okay. Where the heck? Oh. Well, I saw so. that picture go up, and I heard you talking about your fiance. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, there we are. Um, but anyway, there is, uh, I, I saw this and I was kind of laughing and, uh, she's like, uh Oh, I see another purchase coming. And, uh, it's the Amazon Astro. Oh, is that the one that follows you around? I can follow you around. I can. <laughs> so, uh, and it has facial expressions. The eyes have, you know, emojis, um, yeah, that's all I need is something following me around. But the cool yeah. thing about it is um, you can send it to the refrigerator. And if somebody places, it's got a couple of beer holders or bottle holders or can <laughs> holders in the back. And you say deliver it to, it recognizes people. 
so it'll <laughs> it'll deliver you your beverage. Oh so, man! So as soon as Sherry saw that, she's like, "Uh oh." <laughs> well, Here that's come. pretty interesting. You know, technology is great, but it also it also acts as a security monitor, so you yeah. can tell it to patrol, and it yeah, will, it just runs will, around your house. Yeah, and it's got a periscope camera on it. So it will go by your, um, it will go by your stove, and the periscope will kick up, and it'll make sure all the pilots are off, or all the knobs are off. And if it hears something, it'll pop up, you know, look around. But Steve, and, I mean, with all the smart devices that everybody has in their their home right now, isn't it bad enough? I mean, without getting them giving you something to follow you around to see what you're doing. <laughs> oh God! Now let's not start the conspiracy theories there, Bennett. <laughs> Uh, I can see this thing coming in the room looking at me. What are you doing, Chris? Nothing. Creep on you in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Mike. Yeah. You got hey, I'm stuff. broadcasting live. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something we want to see or hear. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Hey, I had seriously thought about one of those robot lawnmowers. You see those things? Now, those actually would be pretty cool. It'll get itself wedged under the Hummer. Right. Obviously, <laughs> there's an issue with Craig's Roomba. So, yeah. Or it might fall in my cave over there. <laughs> hey, where's, where's the, the, robot, the robot lawnmower? Oh, it's vacuuming. It's, uh, it, it's mowing the neighbor's lawn now. I don't know. It probably came out in Mammoth Cave over at the main entrance. <sighs> um, that... Uh... That's interesting, though. I mean, I like technology. I really do. And we got a lot of stupid stuff that anybody, normal people, don't actually really need. But it is kind of nice. You know, what's the temperature outside? You know, crap like that. That's, that's okay. I can, I can just see it. You know, I'll set it to follow my dog. Watson, the little one. <laughs> Watson will turn around and pee on it. <laughs> Short circuit the thing. Um. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I you know I, I have enough. I, I have security cameras in the house and stuff like that, so I'm not really <laughs> worried about having a robot to um, do any of that. But all right, back on topic. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. So, Craig, uh, tell us about the the evolution in uh, of Cryptomundo. Cryptomundo has been kind of quiet lately, but well, yeah, it um, you know it was it went online. Uh, September 27th, 2005, and it was huge. Uh, yeah, it was. And, you know, blogs were just really getting going. Um, the ad revenue was there that it, it made money back in the day. And then um, as, you know, the, 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 Money per impression went down and down and down, and the ad, ad networks dropped off, and it just got to where, um, you know, it's kind of a vicious a circle right. of uh, not generating ad revenue with, therefore, the motivation to keep it updated constantly isn't there. And, you know, and it's just really, um, it's still up there as, um, you know, archives. But um, really, it's just I just, you know, post yeah. the articles on on Facebook now. Um, yeah. Well, if you think about it, blogs kind of sifted away a bit. Like if you look at the the evolution of 
how we've done things. And I, and, and, you know, you and I got into this research field at the same time. You know, I got in, I, I started doing personal research in 98, started becoming more public and reaching out in 99 myself. Mm -hmm. And those were the days when we had the Yahoo mail groups. Oh, yeah. The mail and then, list. And before that, they had bulletin boards. But when we got in, it was the mailing list. You know, you belong to the Yahoo chat group and people right. would send emails and you would, you know, see these conversations and emails. Then after that, we evolved into the forums. And forums yeah. were big. And then uh, we had uh, the blogs. And then there was blog talk radio and stuff. So everybody was doing audio podcasts. Now, to me, the video has replaced even blogs. Like, I still post to my blog, but it's my videos. They all right. go to the blog. It's much more easier to convey your feelings and emotions and show people stuff on a video, I think, now to write. Because I remember... You know, I'd write a page of stuff and it'd take me all day long to write it yeah. to make sure it was factually accurate and, and all that stuff. And the wording was proper and not to get misconstrued on anything. And, um, yep. Uh, <laughs> so first of all, a couple of things, uh, Mike Waldy, um, said, you know, uh, I credit, I credit Craig for the movement in Texas. So he's giving you a big thumbs up. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Michael. Tag said that Watson would torture that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mike knows Watson. So, um, and uh, Mike says back then we surfed the web and found information. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. And now it's, it's become kind of not necessarily difficult uh, to find information. Uh, the coolest thing I find is, is that, you know, there's a lot more search engines with pictures. So, you know, a lot of times we see this and it must drive you insane too, Craig, is you see this picture that's been debunked 50,000 times and it comes back up and it comes back again, like a bad penny, right. um, constantly. And, and thank God for Google image search, because you can get all that reference material back. Yeah. Um, the one thing that really, uh, got me was the, the, the Mike sells videos coming back. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, and, uh, um, you know, I had dealings there even before the videos came out. Right. Um, got, um, a series of footprint casts that, um, actually took to, um, Jimmy Chilcutt, um, who was the forensic, um, fingerprint examiner for the Conroe police department. We took them there to his lab um, to be examined, you know, just how he examined, uh, you know, crime evidence right. in his lab, you know, professional equipment. And, you know, it can't, you know, you came, it came out with, uh, you know, the, the toes on the footprints were made double tap fingerprints. And, you know, the only dermal ridges, anything in there were human fingerprints and handprints. Right. And um, it was very disappointing, but, um, you know, there was, uh, you know, after we were involved there, which we cut ties with that area back in, oh, it had to have been 2003, maybe, um, that late. And then, you know, then that, uh, what was her name? Joan Ocean, the, uh, oh, the, the dolphin, the dolphin lady. lady. Yes. That, you know, she came in there and with them and, you know, they were leaving 
pieces of paper and crayons out there and the and the female bigfoot was writing letters to them um there were uh kawani lapsaritis was involved there and and uh, you know then tom biscardi was involved there there was a lot of people that um came through there after we left because of the blatant hoaxing uh the two individuals that contacted us from the first they were huge practical jokers um i found online them posting stuff about how they like to prank people and then i found a website that they were uh, offering guided sasquatch tours on the property there with you know with the mm. tbrc members there you know and that's sort of a red flag yeah yeah with no knowledge <laughs> of it but yet they were charging people 300 dollars a weekend and uh we cut ties with it soon we had people that were in the in the organization that actually left the organization because they felt the stuff there was uh legitimate i mean you i don't know if you ever were on the sales property but i know you were oh absolutely our point there um, um that um you know the tracks were obviously hoaxed you saw biscardi had some and you know what you know what told me that was is that you know and, and i'll give you my my uh my take on that is is that when i went down there i met mike sells i uh, didn't meet his wife at the time until it was dinner time then his wife showed up right um and of course he led us to an area at pat may's lake and all of a sudden wow look at all these tracks yep and what got me was is the tracks ended at the water okay where, where did it go yeah you know it just didn't you know um but the the last two prints were like this now you have an eight foot creature yeah it's not standing with its feet together no it'll fall uh, over right yeah it would be <clears throat> um uh Tax asking me if I saw one in Texas. I well, I saw something through night vision in Texas that was very dark, conical shaped head, and it took off running. Now, whether that was a that was over the reeds, wasn't it, Steve? Right, that correct, was? over the reeds. Now, whether or not that was Mike in his ghillie suit taking off, trying to bait us because he wasn't with us at the time, entirely possible. You know, you know or a lot one, of the activity, one. a lot of the activity that happened there, yep, with the Bigfoot researchers, yep, it happened after he just happened to leave the area there to go to dinner or to go do something. Mm. Um, right, right. I right. know a lot of people that had rocks thrown and stuff, but it was after he just departed. Right, right, and, and like we had tree knocking back and forth, but. Who's to say what was doing that? Well, um, those videos, like I said, I wasn't involved when the videos were taken. I saw the videos. I saw Jack Lapsaritis, uh, you know, show him at the Bellingham conference in 2005, I believe it was, when he was touting it. I, I mean, it was obviously Mike Sells in the videos. And, you know, the one, the one where it walks like bent over at the waist, Mm -hmm. walks down and then comes back and then pushes the fence down and throws its leg over. Right. Just like a person would cross a fence. Now I, you know, I know MK Davis said that he took, he compared 
you know, the size, how high that top wire was. And it was like, no, you know, he, he was wrong. Like it was chest high to him. He was something. wrong. You he know, he was wrong. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was there. On, <laughs> yeah, I've me too. Yep. And a Bigfoot, if a Bigfoot's got to push down on the top wire and swing one leg over the other, that's a person in a suit. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, actually, uh, let me see if I can pull off of, uh, I'll show you. I, I did a series of videos uh, debunking that whole thing, including M.K. Davis's work on that. Um, I just got to scroll down here a little bit. And I'm uh, not saying that M.K. Davis had any no, no, involving anything, right. but I think his interpretations were misguided. Uh, maybe yeah. wanting them to he may be have been uh, good, he may to, have been given the wrong measurements on the fence height, too. You know, yeah. it's very possible. <laughs> Benefit of the doubt given. I mean, there's there was a video, you know. I can't even remember them now. It's been so long since I saw them, but I saw all those videos that, you know, where him supposedly getting tackled, Mike Sells getting tackled by a Bigfoot. And, you know, um, one that was out there in the cornfield or whatever, um, you know, they, the guys that left the TBRC and went with them were told, I mean, they made formations with car tires out there to draw in, the aliens, I think. Right. And they had to chain them down because they said that the Bigfoots would get mad and would go right. tear up the tire formations. They were told that they would have to drink a Native American herbal tea to yep. see the Bigfoots. I mean, all kinds of hocus pocus um, that yep. these people believed what they heard so bad that they right. went with it. Now here, here, uh, if you look at the the screen, this is the uh, the actual some of the breakdown stuff that I had done. Um, I actually superimposed uh, the MK Davis with the, and this is the, you know how he said it was chest high, mm -hmm. but when you scale the wires that he was standing at the fence with with the actual wires in the video, it's not quite chest high, right? Um. So we, we move into that little aspect. Um, Do you have the video of the one, like I said, pushing down the fence? And Yes, yes, you'll. And, um, it's very, this is a very lengthy video. So here, so now this will actually show you. Yeah, see it over to the left. Yeah. See, and it appears the top link is missing in the fence and the other goes over the second link and. So you'll see that go. See where the hand placement is? It's on the second link. Right. Pushes it down. Right. Yep. Throws Pushes its it. back foot right. over. So. And then uh, I think at the very end. Oh, yeah. Uh, the very end. So you'll watch the actual. When the thing goes over, watch the fence post bend. Yep. So I'm sorry, but that is not a Bigfoot crossing. No, fence. not at all. Not at all. So we'll give her that. But 
<clears throat> I just wanted to show some of the, uh, yeah. yeah and, and you know, the, the amazing thing is that I visited, I, and I don't know which researcher, uh, lived in the Fort Worth area, but, um, I remember, uh, I forgot his name, but there was this guy who supposedly had all this Bigfoot evidence out of, in, so we go to this house in Fort Worth, Texas and meet this guy. And, um, he shows us the videos and in a couple of the videos we hadn't seen before, mm. but I, I wasn't really overly impressed with any of them. And then he hands us in a, uh, plastic baggie, like a freezer bag. And he's like, <sighs> he puts it down on the table, like, <sighs> you know, really quick. And, and we're like, what's that? It's from Bigfoot. And it's like crayon drawings. Yep. Uh, I mean, the, the complete, yeah. Ah, ah, Chris is already ready for it. Um, That's my favorite part. Yep. The big, the Bigfoot drawing. So, um, <coughs> yeah. yeah. He, the Bigfoot called Sandy Sales, I think, Water Lady. Yes. Yep. And was leaving her messages, and she would leave and stuff, cartoon. and it would, yep. it would leave drawings behind, and mm -hmm. the tie-in with the dolphin lady. It was all. But nobody happened to ever see who was drawing them. Of course. Well, we all know who was drawing them. Well, yeah. But, I mean, nobody witnessed the Bigfoot sitting at the picnic table drawing cartoons with a crayon. Yep. Um, they were very nice people. Very nice people. Very nice people. Yep. But... Well, I, I always say this, um, uh, the, the, when you have a con going on, the con, if you're a con man, what does con, con stand for? It's confidence. Yep. So you don't, you don't, uh, win people over by being a dick. <laughs> no. And, and like you said, they wanted everybody to come out and stay for dinner and they'd whip up a big spread for dinner and, you know. I'm sure you've encountered it. I've encountered a lot of people that were attention seekers, yep. wanted to fit in, um, that would make up shit, would uh, uh, be over, you know, super accommodating to, to you know, that like the attention and, yep. and like to, you know, wanted to fit in and wanted to be involved and, and unfortunately, um, you know, we had people that, you know, had to keep making the stories bigger and better. You know, they couldn't leave it just, you know, with what they claimed happened at first. Then, you know, they had, you know, baby Bigfoots across the road that their daughters were rolling a ball back and forth. You know, that yeah. that uh, they had their Doberman Pinscher picked up by the neck of by a Bigfoot and pinned against the wall. And they knew how high it was because they could hear their claws, right. you know, tapping against the wall. I mean, just ludicrous, ludicrous right. stories of, you know, people again, wanting to fit in, you know, had to come up with bigger, better, more every time, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, like I said, you know, I had my one sighting that I can't deny, but you know, since that, and all the time after that, 20 years, you know, um, you know, like I said, the group actually started in June of 99. So, 
you know, um, two, <coughs> so, you know, 22 years that I've yeah. been involved um, talking to people. Uh, like I said, I don't do any field research anymore. That, you know, that wasn't my strength. And, and uh, you know, I resigned from my organization back in 2010 and uh, then restarted it up. Basically, uh, we go out and look around and, uh, and, you know, and host the conference. I mean, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't go on expeditions or, you know, missions or any of that anymore. And I haven't done it for quite some years, but, you know, I'm, that wasn't my strength. And, um, you know, I leave that to the people that, you know, have those various skills to, uh, to do that. It doesn't mean I don't like to go walk around in the woods and, you know, just look around or just enjoy nature. But, um, you know, I'm not doing stakeouts and trying to shoot a Sasquatch or, you know, or, you know, any number of things like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what you do is great. Great. Because you you give people the opportunity uh, to get together, to share ideas, discuss information, you know, maybe even come up with their own theories uh, back and forth between them. And so, you know, everybody gets uh, better educated for it. You know? Well, that's, that's what I always said in the past, even when, you know, I was doing active field research. I mean, when yeah. it first, the group started, it was me and Luke Gross out mm-hmm. in the woods by ourselves. I mean, that was it, yeah. you know, because uh, it was just us. And I wasn't an outdoorsman or a hunter or anything, but I wanted answers to what I had seen. Right. And so I, um, you know, I don't know how to really say it, but I, you know, it wasn't my comfort zone to sure. be out on a stakeout overnight because that's not what I, I did. I, I didn't hunt, right. I didn't, right. you know, any of that stuff or survivalist or anything, but I wanted answers and my strength became building a strong team. And so that was my strength, but, uh, at least 50, I've, I've said at least 50% of this is the camaraderie. Right. Um, and I, some of my best and Craig, friends. Craig, if I may add that, you've also became a very good journalist when it came to writing okay. about this topic. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm still working on my first book, but um, I'm I'm a serial procrastinator. Is my is my one of my best <laughs> hey, traits. Which, hey, ne- never put off never put off to today what you can do tomorrow. And you know All what? Right. The best part of pro- procrastinating is is you don't have anything to do and always something to do tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have anything to do today, but plenty something to do tomorrow. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I said, I host the conference to bring my friends in for the weekend to hang out, and they put on a con, you know, put on a conference. People, you know, will register and pay to come listen to the presentations, but and that allows me to, you know, fly Doctor Meldrum in or fly Steve Culls in or fly. Charlie Raymond in or, or whatever, or, you know, uh, Lauren Coleman or, you know, whoever to come hang out and put them up for the weekend and, and, and buy their dinners and, and hang out and shoot the breeze and entertain the people during the conference. But, you know, the part I enjoy most is, is always been the after hour stuff, the stuff, you know, going on, you know, just hanging out with friends Yep, good old good old wall ball in uh, Ohio Salt Fork. <laughs> oh yeah, balls of fury, balls of fury. Oh, that uh, 
that was that those are some hellacious times yep. back there in ohio for sure um but and i agree i you know i i love the camera i love meeting you know people um you know it, it's very humbling for uh, like you know I, I go to different and you know like uh one of our our folks aaron uh, took his whole family they they were doing something up in ticonderoga a, a couple of weeks ago it, they came down the whitehall just to stop by and say hi to me. Yeah. And, and it's very humbling to, to oh, you know, people. I know, I know what you mean. I mean, when in 2005 at that conference that Lapsaritis was at in Bellingham, I flew up and um, stayed with John Kirk and his wife in ba Vancouver for, we went to two conferences. There was the one in Bellingham um, the first weekend we were there. And then, the next weekend there was one in Seattle. So we, you know, stayed in, in Vancouver, but came across the border for the, for those. And we went to John Green's house and this was right after the first of, um, and he puts you up in haunted B and B's. Yeah. There's that too. Uh, wait, 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 Craig, before you go on, is the place I'm going to haunted? Yeah. Cool. Because you know what? I'll bring some of my ghost equipment. Bring your ghost stuff with you. There's a, everything in, in Jefferson is pretty much haunted. Yes. <laughs> the house that we, we stay in a seven bedroom house. So Lyle will be there. Charlie will be there. Um, Leah Fisher will be there. Me and my wife will be there. Um, Jeff was going to, is going to have a, um, he get the, uh, one of our sponsors that has a great big B and B, but they give us their overflow house. It's a furnished two bedroom. So Jeff and Shelly and her husband are going to be staying in that house. Um, but we will be, um, yeah, so it's haunted. The, nice. the house, as a matter of fact, two years ago, Cliff and Bobo stayed in the overflow house and Bobo set something down on the counter in the kitchen and Cliff was in the bedroom. Bobo was in the kitchen, but Bobo turned around and whatever it was on the counter just flew off the counter into the floor. Uh, nice. One of the bed and breakfast years ago that we stayed in, um, Rick Knoll was the first one to get there that was staying. It's actually one of those um, Sears and Roebuck houses that you could get way back when. You could order the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It was one of those houses that had like a breezeway down the middle. It had a bedroom on each side, and then the attic upstairs was unfinished. Well, we this is back in, you know, this is back in maybe 2007. Used to we used to stay up till three and four in the morning, and then get up for the conference and stuff. I can't do that anymore. But we were sitting. That was the place we were sitting around with Henner Fahrenbach. Uh, Jeff Meldrum, Rick Knoll, but Rick Knoll was the first one to get to that house and the strains, Bob and Kathy strain were staying in the other side. Well, they weren't there yet because he had family in Dallas. So they stayed with family in Dallas the first night and then came to Jefferson. But, um, Rick, uh, you know, we had stayed up real late. Rick, uh, sat down on his bed and, you know, untight cause he always wears those, you know, tall hiking boots. So he unlaced his boots and had them right there by the side of his bed. Well, as he's trying to go to sleep that night, he can hear 
which is creepy because he's the only one in the house. He can hear children upstairs playing and laughing. Now I'm going to have to bring my digital recorder, too. And jeez. Yeah, and the and he was like, what is there's nobody else here. What's going on? Anyway, he finally fell asleep when he woke up in the morning. His boots were laced up and tied beside his bed. <laughs> and he had left them unlaced when he went to sleep. That is awesome. So yeah, it's also you know everything. There's a there's a a ghost walk. Um, we won't we won't have any time. That um, we won't have any time to go do that. But um, because you know Friday night is from seven till whenever Saturday is from nine to ten thirty. I think with everything that's going on and then Sunday morning, you got an early flight. So you, I think your flight's like at six, six. Oh yeah. boy. So that means, uh, you know, it's an hour to the airport. So I get to be, we need to be up and ready about by four, by get, four get o'clock. Yeah. Not, not a big deal. Uh, you know, I can always catch a sleep on the flights. Right. But you know, it's going to be a great time. I encourage anybody, you know, in the area if they're interested come on out i mean yeah we got great food uh you know great catered meals that we're gonna have friday night great tex-mex meal uh saturday night texas barbecue um you know bigfoot we're gonna screen david ford's man versus bigfoot saturday night after lyle gives his Falk monster update he always on saturday nights gives a you know because he's the man in Falk these days so he always gets all the reports and everything so after the catered dinner Saturday night, the barbecue dinner, Lyle will give a presentation on Fat Monster updates, and then, um, and then we uh, will screen the film. But uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. Like I said, lots of Bigfoot talk, lots of uh, presentations, lots of uh, networking opportunities. It's really great for researchers to network and meet other researchers you know to compare notes or whatever get together and go out on a a research mission um (coughs) but um you know like i said we'll take a trip down to cattle lake to to check it out and um have a good old time i mean i've got a i've got a really cool event coming up in december that i decided to I've been wanting to do it for years, but put together a Bigfoot film festival that um, I'm doing in Marshall, which is only about 20 minutes from Jefferson, but they've got a great performance venue. It used to be the, the, uh, (coughs) the city hall there, but they've converted it into a, a, like a vintage theater where they get performances, plays, show movies, but it's like a 550 seat uh, theater with a balcony and it's got the boxes on the sidewalls and <clears throat> everything, but we're going to screen um, Southern fried Bigfoot. Uh, Sean Whitley, the director will be there to oh, nice. talk about that. Um, Sean's been good, on our, our show a, good, a long time ago. Yeah. It's a good documentary, but it's got, a, it's got a lot of me in it. So there is that. Um, <laughs> Lyle, Lyle is going to be there and screen creature from black Lake. Uh, Lauren is going to be there and screen um, the Abominable Snowman of the Himalayas, the Hammer film. Uh, mm-hmm. Pam Pierce Barcelo is going to be there to screen 
the legend of boggy creek and oh, awesome. and eduardo sanchez is going to be there to screen exists oh excellent so excellent. we're going to have and we'll have a panel discussion about the films we've got um dave coleman who wrote the bigfoot filmography uh, we'll be there to give a special presentation for the VIP guest. We're going to have an awesome catered uh, Italian lunch um, on December. It's December 11th. Um, we're going and Dave Coleman is going to give a presentation about Bigfoot and film. Um, and then we've got the screening from one till uh, I think I think 10 or 11 all day long. Five films that we're screening. With uh, principals there, you know, the directors or, you know, director's daughter or Lyle and Lauren that know so much about the films that they're going to be screening. And we'll be discussing all that stuff and then have a, a question and answer with all of them up yeah. there about, um, you know, question and answers about the films and, and well, stuff. Strange, have you got a favorite of those old uh, 60s and 70s uh, Bigfoot films? Have you got a a personal favorite you like? Well, my favorite from that day, of course, is The Legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah. Especially now so, because Pam had it, you know, digitized and remastered and restored and the yeah. soundtrack restored. I mean, if you haven't seen this new version, you haven't seen the film because, um, you know, all, all of the copies of it um, are bootleg. Before hers were bootlegged. They were bootleg VHS, and those bootleg VHSs were then dubbed, pan and scan onto DVDs. So even the DVDs, the previous of the Legend of Boggy Creek, were horrible. You couldn't make out any details. Yeah. You couldn't see the creature in the new one. You can see the creature's face in it now. You nice. can see detail that you never saw before in that film. And like I said, all the versions before were pan and scan, which if you know what that is, it's horrible. It yeah. was the you know, the viewfinder goes back and forth to wherever the focus of the film is. This one is in 35 millimeter Technicolor. I mean, it's it's incredible. Yeah. And like I said, she's going to be there screening that and, you know, talking about, you know, because she was in the film. She, you know, her dad, you know, made the film and right. and she restored it. And she's done an incredible, incredible job. And I implore everybody if you love that film, get the new copy of it on Blu-ray. Yeah. You have never seen it like that. Maybe when it was originally out in the theatrical release, probably not at the drive-ins, but I saw it at an indoor theater in 73, you know, off the 35 millimeter. Of course, right. I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, so I really don't remember yeah. that many nuances about it. I remember, you know, the bathrooms. I remember all the the pivotal scenes, but not the details like that. But now you can see it clearly, clearly. It's I'm not kinda... just a dark blob in the night. In the I'm going to have to get the Blu-ray now. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to. to. Yeah. You got yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, you need to come awesome. down in December, Steve. Oh, I'd love to. I've already not... got a verbal commitment next year for Bobcat to screen Willow Creek. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So and Eduardo Eduardo Sanchez, phenomenal director. He has covered a lot of people don't know. He has covered all the he had a, a, an alien movie too that was pretty damn good too. And I, I think as far as a Bigfoot film, I think exists exists is the best Bigfoot film oh, ever made, it. in my opinion. Love and it. you know what the thing is, is every all these no name 
people come out and try to make a scary Bigfoot movie and it fails because they're not movie makers. But Eduardo Sanchez is a horror movie director. Blair Witch Project. He directed a a horror movie that Bigfoot is the protagonist. And that's what makes it the best Bigfoot film ever. And uh, he he started with the Blair Witch Project. And he was inspired by Legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah, yep. Yep, uh, I don't know. I forget the name of the alien one, but damn, it was good too. It, it just kept you in, you know, on the edge of your seat. They found an alien body, and it's, you know, I. It's been a while since I've watched it, but it was it was good too. So he's a, like, and he's a great guy. I mean, he's yeah. yes, he's, you know, he. This is somebody that in his mid twenties they had a movie that made a quarter of a billion dollars. Hmm the the Blair Witch Project. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I, I you know, I'm sure he got a pretty good h- hunk of that. Yeah. Um at, you know, say twenty five years old. And uh he's you know he's not uh uh you know look at me guy. He's just a regular guy. He's a family guy, you know. Mm-hmm. He came at my event that was Crypto Palooza in Jefferson in two thousand twelve. Uh, he and Mark Ordesky, who was uh, a producer of the Lord of the Rings films and producer, uh, ex- executive producer of Exist, you know, came and, and world premiered the trailer at my event in Jefferson mm-hmm. in 2012. And, and just mm-hmm. just great guys. Um, but it, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be in a really cool old theater. Um, well, it's not it's made to look old. It was just renovated in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the city hall there in Marshall until 1967. And I guess it had been sitting vacant, but they renovated it, made it to a really nice performance venue. So we're going to be having yeah. that there. Awesome. Awesome. <coughs> well, guess what time it is, kids? Yeah, two hours already. <laughs> is it already yeah. two hours? Yeah, it always goes by that Holy fast. Crap. Always goes by that fast. Well, if anybody wants any information about the conference, it's on Facebook. Look yep. up Texas Bigfoot 20th anniversary <coughs> Texas Bigfoot Conference. Uh, tickets are still available. Um, the reserve seating tickets are still available until Tuesday, <coughs> and then if space allows, I'm going to open. I'll open up some general admission tickets for people to get in. But the uh, tickets that are available now cover, you know, Friday. The Friday ticket covers the catered dinner Friday night, and the pre- and Jeff Meldrum will be giving a special presentation Friday night. Uh, the Saturday ticket covers the conference all day Saturday, the catered barbecue dinner, and then Lyle's update, and then the movie screening uh, for that <coughs> all day Saturday. <coughs> so they're separate tickets. You know, you can get both. You can get one. But information is on, on Facebook, 20th yep. Anniversary Texas Bigfoot Conference. And come on down. That's going to be a, a great event. I can't wait. I can't wait. I love these. You'll be able to see the Squatch Detective. <sighs> are you you are you bringing copies of your books and stuff? Uh, unfortunately, my uh, I only have three books left, <laughs> and I couldn't get enough in time for the conference. What books do you have left? Uh, I have three of What Would Sasquatch Do? <laughs> the new one uh, sold out at a Whitehall. And uh, the Whitehall con- the, the Whitehall one I did a couple of weeks ago, we hit over two thousand people there. Holy crap! Yeah, it's just it's it's madness. It, it's now uh, now I'm involved in the planning of that one next year, and it's going to be a two day event because it's cool. just so many people. Well, I hope you bring the three books you got. 
Oh, I, amen. One of them. One got of them better be autographed to me. That's. I was just gonna say one of them's got your name on it. So, hopefully, it's got your name on it too. So really, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna have a table there. I think I'm just gonna be floating around talking sure. to people and, and, and having be, some fun. And there'll be plenty of people to uh, go hang out with yeah. and, um, you know, talk to and you know, there'll be all well, kinds of stuff going on. So I'll, I'll I'll bring my freebie trinkets too. So. Okay. So we'll have some of those, a lot of those to pass out and make friends, make friends and reacquaint myself with old friends and looking very much forward to it. So, uh, are you, are you going to try and fit, uh, Chris into your suitcase to smuggling on board? <laughs> no, man, I, I would like to go, but if I was going to go, I would have to leave five days ago. <laughs> I can't drive. I can't drive but about 20 miles a day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, well, take take an Uber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long is it? Uh, twelve hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be more than twelve hours driving from New York. No, well, Chris is coming from Kentucky. Yeah, oh, he's I, in, oh, I could probably yeah, I could probably make it there in about twelve hours. Yeah. So I maybe could you actually, can hitch a ride with uh with with uh, Charlie Raymond. Yeah, I could do like you know maybe three days. Could could make about four hours a day. Be all right. Well. But uh, yeah, Charlie's going to be there. I mean, Kentucky's represented. Represented. I'm happy. <laughs> well, hop in your car tomorrow and start start making your way. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. <laughs> well, it was a it was a blast, Steve. Can't wait to see you Thursday night. While I was picking you up at the airport, but I'll be in. Uh, I got to pick up Meldrum at the DFW at like nine thirty. So Dallas, he's flying into Dallas Fort Worth. Yeah. He's so. flying into DFW, so I got to pick him up, and then it's from DFW. It's about almost three hours to yeah. well, it would be three hours to Shreveport. Yeah. So I I asked Lyle instead of having you sit there till about uh, for about two hours after you got off the plane and wait. Yeah. So <laughs> the spam bot showed up again, Chris. I noticed end. that. So anyway. Okay, folks, we'll catch you all here next week. Next week, we're going to have Mike Ann on back. We're going to be talking yeah. about some of his uh, UV light discoveries and see who else we can pull off to show up on that show. Um, you know, we will be back here next week, 9 p.m. Eastern. And, Chris, uh, just so you know, uh, and just so folks know, uh, Sunday falls on a Halloween this year. Or Halloween yeah. falls on a Sunday this year. So we are planning something really special for the Halloween show. And that show, and that means, right? Chris will be there at as his base in Kentucky, and I will be up on the mountain again with another team out there doing our field stuff. So we're gonna have a live Halloween Bigfoot investigation on Halloween this year. So we're gonna have some fun. And last yeah. last time we were there, pretty interesting stuff. So we'll be ready to bear this time. So uh, folks. Craig, hang out for a second after the uh, exit. We'll, we'll chit-chat after okay. the, the show ends. And uh, folks, want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, Chris, any final words before we kick uh, off? Again, I just want to thank Mr. Craig Wilheater for being here. I uh, really Amen. enjoyed uh, speaking with him tonight. And thank everybody for being in the chat and everybody for listening. If first time listening on YouTube, please, you know, hit like, subscribe, share, uh, leave a comment. Hit that notification bell. Yeah. Ring the bell. So, so, okay, folks, we'll catch you all next week. Have a healthy, safe, and happy week. God bless, and keep on squatching. 
folks. You've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.